When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. What do you want from me? I'm not a Merry Christmas. Goodness sake, kid. Keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not a Merry Christmas. This is the Annie Fry Show. And welcome in. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Annie Fry. I think it's going to be a fun Thursday. Ryan Wiggins here too. Hey, how is Wiggins. it going? <laughs> it's good seeing you on the video feed, which is up right now. Is there a YouTube chat poll today? There is. The YouTube live chat poll is which issue. So we did kind of a fun one yesterday. It was a little bit more based on just lifestyle. It was uh, whether you're working this week. Today, it's a little more issues oriented. Which issue will motivate independent voters most in 2024? So it's not necessarily what will motivate you personally, but what you think independent voters will be motivated by. The choices are border immigration, the economy, abortion, or foreign issues. Ooh, I think it's going to be neck and neck between economy and foreign issues. I don't know, though. I don't know. Uh, That's a great question. So go on to YouTube. You can put your reasoning right in there. It's uh, good to see you guys again. It's always a pleasure when I get a chance to come in here. And I heard them on the program right before us talking about Nikki Haley, and that's what I was going to lead in with. And I always hate that in radio, when the thing you want to talk about is the thing they talk about right before you go on the air. So how about I play for you maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life? And this happens to be from AOC. Do you want to hear something really dumb from her? (laughs) Sure. Take your pick. Well, that's the thing. I, I could play anything from her. It, it could be a random spot of any time she's ever opened her mouth, and it'll probably be pretty dumb. But this in particular, her talking about the border, is really bad. All right, let's take a listen. So often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why are you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it. Because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. <laughs> this is not a surge these are children and they are not insurgents and we are not being invaded, which by the way, is a white supremacist idea, philosophy. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? Wow. Oh boy. You know what? If I could that. have scripted out her response to uh, any issue like the border, mm-hmm. I think I might've written that in jest, but that is actually what she said. It's not, a surge it's an insurgence what was the word that she used there it well was, it's a climate change uh, problem i know she said oh and white supremacy and problem, white supremacy and imperialism. In, imperialism it's imperialism that people are coming into our country not that, that you know traditionally <laughs> imperialism is talking about invading other countries but somehow that's now on its in reverse when it's people <laughs> so coming much. into our country I got to play this again. There's just so much here. So often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why are you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. This is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents. I love this. (laughs) 
It's a trade crisis. Well, who's responsible for that? The Democrats or the White House? Yeah, no kidding. I just thought that was so ridiculously funny. I almost at first thought there's no way it's that dumb. Like, this has to be AI. But no, no, this is the standard. This is what she stands by. So I saw that and I thought, oh, this will be a good way to open up the show. How about AOC on the border? Because she knows what she's talking about. Again, I've seen photos of her. I mean, it was very dramatic. I mean, she was out there behind a chain link fence. And you can tell it was a really touching moment for her when she saw the tragedy that was going on with kids in cages. But then we later find out it was her crying (laughs) staged in a parking lot to make it look like like she was watching something from the border. Oh, was that so dumb? So she's an expert, obviously. She knows what she's talking about. You know, in a a real way, and I, I mean this, I kind of envy people like AOC who look at the world through the lens of race only and, you know, like the the white supremacy thing, because it really does simplify everything. You can make anything a white supremacy problem or, in her words, I guess, an imperialism problem. (laughs) That word doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But, But you can make anything that you know that be the source of that problem and it kind of simplifies life like any problem you have you can hmm. just blame it on that and you move on your stamp. day yeah it's real easy it would be kind of comfortable to do that it's so great so i can give you let me give you a problem and i want you to try to justify how it's a race issue okay 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 the problem is i went to my local grocery store and they were out of cocoa pebbles and i was so disappointed um, I think it's probably, well, at, you have to ask yourself, first of all, who runs um, Post Cereal <laughs> and who runs that grocery store. And it, it, my guess is that it's some sort of white uh, patriarchy that has oh, great. brought those things about. And therefore, uh, it depends on where you're shopping, too, because if you're shopping in the middle of a city, you know, we're dealing with food deserts now. Right. Oh, I. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. And so, uh, you, you know, you got to bring that back. I'm not sure exactly how to get there yet. Give me a little time, but let's get oh, back great. to imperialism as to why yeah. companies don't want to move into cities. That would be racist, probably in some right. way. So there, mm-hmm. I think I did it. You know what? Uh, well done. You could be a democratic strategist. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I'm open to solicitation. What about this Nikki Haley thing? Did you see the clip of Nikki Haley trying to answer about the Civil War and slavery? Have you seen that clip? And oh, no, we, I They haven't. just played it. You no, haven't, haven't seen no, it? No, I have not seen it. Well, I was looking at, so Trump responded to something regarding Nikki Haley with an interview with John Solomon, and I was looking at that, but I hadn't seen the actual clip. Oh, I should have that ready. I, I should have prepared that. I wasn't thinking, <laughs> but uh, they played it right on the show before we came into here. So essentially, it was like a town hall style meeting. And Nikki Haley was talking about, you know, taking questions from people in New Hampshire. Uh, no, no, no. I take that back. Was it in New Hampshire? I, I I think it was New Hampshire. But either way, was asked about what do you think the cause of the Civil War is? And essentially, Nikki Haley talked about it was, it was a freedom issue, meaning that freedom uh, the, for the people to what they can and can't do, you know, as a government versus people type of issue. And she didn't say slavery. And the so essentially people then automatically went online and just blasted her for not mentioning slavery as part of her cause for the Civil War. And that reminded me of that Simpsons episode. If she only watched The Simpsons, she would exactly know how to answer a question like this. When Apu, one of the greatest characters in Simpsons history, was trying to naturalize and become a United States citizen, he went through it the way you should. Legally, went through the classes, courses, um, then went and took the test, and then the final test came up, and he was asked this very question. If only she watched The Simpsons, they would know how to answer. All right, here's your last question. What was the cause of the Civil War? Actually, there were numerous causes. Aside from the obvious schism between abolitionists and anti-abolitionists, economic factors, both domestic and international, played a significant... Yeah. Just just say slavery. Slavery it is, sir. Yes, I am a citizen. That's all you needed to do. That's all you needed to do. Just say slavery. It's over. And then all the controversy hits after that. Uh, I think that Nikki Haley is going to be a particular hit point because you have a lot of people that hate her because 
She is the number two, I guess, in polling right behind Donald Trump. And if you have someone that really, really, really likes Donald Trump, they're going to take shots at who's going to be coming up or has a chance to take a shot at him. So she's going to be under a lot of scrutiny. Why would she? And she's a very smart person. Not just say slavery and just be done with it. And you, you would be able to move on and everything would be fine. And there would be no controversy. Well, maybe she's a Simpsons fan because that's the first thing. I, 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 I kid you not. <laughs> the first thing when you started talking about this that I thought of was that clip from a poo from The Simpsons. Yeah, I had I had no idea that's where you're going with it, but that is the first thing I thought of because it is common that people uh, will just say slavery, and that is the main reason. But there's all kinds of other factors, just like anything with history, that you can point to. But you're right. I guess if she's just looking for the quick answer, she probably yeah, would just say it. You don't have to be a historian, honestly. Like it, you don't have to give a scholarly answer at a forum. Like when a person from the crowd asks you a question. You, you can just say mainly slavery, but, you know, there's other things that led into this, the political atmosphere, you know, North versus South and their philosophy of owning people, whatever it may be. You can answer it in a way that you all you got to do is say mostly slavery and then you would have been completely fine. Um, it's going to be like this, I think, between now and different primaries coming into next year. And I got to say that that's the part I'm not looking forward to all of this. It just gets into a nasty battle. I just want to skip to the part where there is one candidate and we're just focused on getting Joe Biden out of office. I just want to get to that part already. Yeah, we're, we're really not far. I mean, we're all looking ahead and going, oh, a couple of days till New Year starts. OK, but January 15th, that's, you know, that's a little over two weeks away until the first caucus in Iowa happens. So we're really close to this whole thing starting. Yeah. Do you um, do you care at this point who the candidate's going to be? Do you have like a strong feeling? Because I think about the way I, I was back in like 16 and then the way I was in 2012. And, you know, I think about every four years, essentially, when there's a, a presidential election cycle, it seems like you rally against the person you think would be the good person to have in office. And it felt like I had so much more invested then than I do today. It just seems different this year with the presidential cycle. I feel like I'm less invested in the candidates. It does. It's weird for me because I do pay attention to politics and I have my own preferences, but I don't get worked up about it anymore like I used to. Yeah, I have a lean, but I think we all have a lean. I think going in after coming. So coming out of a Democrat president, there's a lot more unity within the Republican Party to unify eventually around a candidate. Doesn't mean you all have the same pick for the primary, but I do believe that there is more unity in the party once a candidate is picked. And the more time goes by, the more it becomes very, very obvious that if the polling is even remotely accurate, like not doesn't mm-hmm. have to be exact. You know, it, it's possible that this could be a closer caucus in Iowa, could be closer primary in New Hampshire, um, but that the candidates might split there with DeSantis and Haley, too. But either way, Trump is leading by a lot. Yeah. And for him to a- end up losing this primary I just would be surprised. So I I guess there's less invested in that sense because he wasn't part. I mean, maybe this is speaking to you a little bit. He wasn't a part of the debates, you know, Mm -hmm. and that kind of takes away from it when the leading candidate isn't there. It's just been a weird season where all the fireworks that were supposed to happen just kind of haven't. It will. I mean, if if, if this everything goes is the way it's uh, indicating it will. You'll have a presidential candidate that's an ex-president that is highly controversial, that has court cases against him, that will go out there like the wrecking ball he is and just completely destroy any Democrat in front of him through that in the one way he knows how to. And it's going to be probably even – would it be more entertaining or less? It's probably going to be about the same, but he's going to have his own legal problems that he's going to find ways to spin. And I feel he's going to be more desperate this time around to win. Um, some people say he was surprised to win. Like this is what some of the insiders mentioned the first time he did. Like he was actually shocked because of all the polling indicated he didn't really have a chance over Hillary Clinton. And there he was standing as a victor. But this time around, I you know, I think it's a completely different thing. He looks at himself as the front runner for all of this. And if he is let down this time around, it's going to be like a bomb goes off with the Republican Party. It's going to be like almost a new beginning. It's almost like you're it, everything's going to change, I think, in the Republican Party if he loses here. So uh, I don't know if I'm looking forward to that, but I 
hope that they get to debate and they actually do that. I'm guessing he'll be up for it. I'm guessing maybe Joe Biden skips the debate. Who knows? Maybe he'll be the one to skip this time around. And he skips pretty much everything else. He'll decide to take a vacation that week like he does every other week and maybe 50 percent of his presidency on vacation. Well, they've scheduled got, three of them, just so you know. They've scheduled three they debates, and if they show, there will be three. But I've heard somebody else, it might have been Mark Cox said this. He goes, you know, I, my guess is that what will happen if it is Biden-Trump is that they'll get close to one of those debates, and Biden will go, I'm not debating an insurrectionist. <laughs> and he just won't show up. That'll be his excuse. That's it. I can see that happening. Uh, okay, there's a lot to get to on the show here today. Hans von Spakovsky is going to join us. He's a senior legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation. Got a lot of legal questions I want to throw at him. There's another legal question I want to bring up in the next hour, and it's here in the Detroit area at Wayne State University. There's a 400-pound dude, 44 years old, going through college. He wants to be a gym teacher, and he said, I want to be a gym teacher, but I don't want to ever come in for it. I want to just do this remotely. And the school said, in order to be a teacher, you have to get basically practical experiences inside of a school. He said, I can't do that. I'm 400 pounds. So they said, well, I guess you can go through your courses, but you're not getting a certification to be a teacher. So he's suing. And I thought that's such a great legal question. Brad Young is going to join us in the next hour, asking him about that, too. So much more to get to. I'm so happy to be with you here today. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. If you want to find me online, Ryan Recker Radio. Hans von Spakovsky is going to join us after the break on 97.1 FM Talk. I got my head checked by a jumbo check. It wasn't easy. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast why why if you have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to The Annie Fry Show. Follow Annie on Twitter at Annie Fry Show. Welcome back. Thanks for having me on today. 
Joining us now is a senior legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakowski. I know we are the United States. More perfect. Your form of our perfect union. Heritage legal expert, Hans von Spakowski. Hello, Hans. How are you today? Happy New Year. Hey, I'm, I'm doing just fine, and uh, same to you. Happy New Year. Yeah, getting so close to it. I wanted to try to probe your legal mind about the Hunter Biden case and the threatens of subpoenas and really what happens during a process like this. So I, I first wanted to start by going back a few weeks when Hunter Biden said, yeah, I'll come in and testify, but I want it to be open to like a, a public hearing. And then the, basically they said, well, we're not giving you special privilege. So, no. And I'm guessing part of the reason to make it public is so if there's a little bit of hesitancy to give all of the information. Maybe some of it could be somewhat classified information. So he thought maybe that would help him limit the amount of damage that's brought in front of him. So they essentially said, OK, no, we're not doing this public hearing. We're going to do it like we do anything else. You're not getting special uh, privileges. And then he doesn't show. So now you get to the point where there's a few times he hasn't. And they're threatening to subpoena him. So what happens in a process like this when you, you have a witness, someone you want to talk to, but they refuse to cooperate? Well, he actually was subpoenaed and refused to show up. So now uh, they need to vote to hold him in contempt. Now, the problem is that um, when Congress holds you in contempt, um, the contempt citation, well, who is it enforced by? <laughs> the U.S. Justice Department. And I kind of doubt that they are willing to enforce it. Um, you'll recall, for example, that when Lois Lerner, the former head of the IRS, um, was subpoenaed for her testimony, this is the woman who, who used the IRS to go after conservative organizations, mm -hmm. she was held in contempt and the Justice Department refused to enforce it against her. Um, what ought to happen is, uh, right now, Hunter Biden ought to be in jail. And let me tell you why. Uh, remember, in September, the Justice Department filed new gun charges against Hunter Biden. Uh, they indicted him on gun charges, and the judge released him pending the trial date. But the order of release included conditions. And one of the first conditions was that Hunter Biden not violate any other federal, state, or local law. Well, uh, it is a criminal violation of federal law to not respond to a subpoena to a Congress. And so he clearly has broken federal law. And the judge in that case ought to immediately order Hunter Biden's arrest. And if I was the head of House committee, um, I, I would immediately uh, be filing documents with that judge asking him to jail him. I, I would also mm -hmm. be asking the Justice Department, you know, to enforce a contempt citation, but it'd be a lot faster to go to that federal judge. Wow. Okay. So let's tie this into something else. And I look back at some of the other claims that the House Republicans are bringing up, including that Joe Biden may have interfered into this investigation. Now, we do have testimony that people have come forward to say that whenever they tried to investigate this, they were told they're not basically you're not allowed to. Right. And right. we want to know how high that came up. I think that could play a part in it. So let's say there is a contempt of court and let's say that they do go forward with that. And let's say that because of it, nothing happens. Would that basically, to me, indicate that there is interference going on? And this is just more evidence of interference, considering this is the president of the United States' son. And would that give more leverage for House Republicans that are looking at him for a possible impeachment that, yeah, there is interference. And that's not what we want a president to do in part of an investigation. The answer to that is yes. Um you know, Merrick Garland, if Merrick Garland, the attorney general, said, well, I'm just not going to enforce the contempt citation, you know, Democrats would probably try to claim, well, that's Merrick Garland making that decision, not the president. Merrick Garland is not an independent actor. He works directly for the president. Mm -hmm. And the president is the chief legal officer of the United States, not the attorney general. So uh, Joe Biden 
has the power and authority to overrule any decision by Merrick Garland not to enforce that consent citation, and he ought to do that. He ought to show that there are going to be there's not going to be a double standard for members of his family. So it's going to be real interesting to to see what happens with that. Yeah, and I, I think the Biden administration, through um, their press secretary, said that he would not interfere. But I think that's a big old lie because I think we've already seen it and are still seeing it. So, is that a crime in itself to interfere? Would let's say Joe Biden, we find some of his emails, possibly through you know secret emails that he's concealed through the U.S. government. If we find that he actually was directly involved in this sort of conspiracy to interfere with the investigation, is that a crime potentially being done by Joe Biden? I think that would be difficult to um, I think that would be difficult to argue in court because of the fact that he's the chief legal officer. So while it might not be a criminal violation of law, it would be uh, grounds for impeachment, because obviously a president is not supposed to act in his own self-interest and to protect his family from proper and and reasonable criminal investigations. So the proper thing for the House to do, if that happens, or if it is happening, would be impeachment. Right. So it's more of an ethical problem that uh, would need to be addressed. Yes. Yes. Got it. Uh, Hans von Spakowski joining us here with the Heritage Foundation. And I also want to talk about all these secret email addresses that we still don't know about. And the documents aren't being turned over. I think I read a doc, uh, an article just this morning. It was something like 14 pages of 80,000 have been disclosed so far. So House Republicans are still waiting to see more about what's going on with these secret emails and they're not getting it. That's a whole different problem by itself. Um, do you think that the White House and the Joe Biden and his people around him sandbagging and not releasing this information is a big deal? Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it is because, you know, the, the, the typical reaction of folks is, look, um, if, as you claim, you did nothing wrong, if, as you claim, you had no involvement in Hunter Biden's business, then why would you not release? All of the emails uh, going back and forth between you, Hunter Biden, and his business partners, and the emails, you know, whether it was under your real name or an assumed name to try to fool the uh, email communication system, uh, why would you not want to release that? Wouldn't you want that to come out so that you can show the world that that, uh, your claim that you weren't involved is really true? you know, that, that it tells you a lot about them that they don't want to release this information. Yeah. And, and part of this is, you know, I understand the argument that when someone says, if you have nothing to hide, then just do it. But you're kind of setting yourself up for a trap in that sense and maybe giving up some of your privacies. But that's thrown out the window when you're talking about an elected official in a government email address. These things should be subject to freedom of information requests, particularly right. if they're of interest of, of the public and the press. Yeah, and that's particularly true when your email communications are not even concerned with the public's business, but you're using government facilities, government communication facilities to conduct private business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about this whole 14th Amendment thing. And we saw Michigan right. just recently come out and said he's going to be on the ballot. Uh, Donald Trump will be on the ballot. Uh, we're not going through with these challenges. Now, in Colorado, that's where the big one was. Are you disappointed the Supreme Court decided to handle it the way they did? Or, I mean, that's kind of standard practice for the Supreme Court. They kind of have to wait for it to go through the proper channels for them to see it. Well, in fact, just yesterday, uh, a petition was filed with the U.S. Supreme Court by the Colorado Republican State Central Committee asking the court to take up the case and uh, reverse what the Colorado uh, Supreme Court did. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the right thing to do in that case. Um, what the what the uh, Supreme Court refused to take last week was the separate case, the separate filing of Jack Smith, the mm-hmm. special counsel who tried to jump the entire appeals court process um, and asked the Supreme Court to take up the issue of presidential immunity, which Donald Trump has raised in the criminal mm-hmm. indictment against him in the District of Columbia. There. 
the court said, no, we're not going to skip the appeals process. And that was the right thing to do because there's no reason to hurry that issue. The Colorado case is different. That needs to be taken up by the Supreme Court and as soon as possible because we've got primary elections coming up uh, almost immediately. Right. We're talking in the next couple of weeks. Legally speaking, I know that uh, House Republicans have a lot of work to do starting in January. How optimistic are you that their findings, their investigation will be fruitful and something will come from it? Because some people have been skeptical. Oh, I think it's going to be very fruitful. Look, it already has been. Um, uh, All of the claims made by the White House have been shown to be absolute lies. Uh, The banking records show that the email communications that they have been able to actually get show that. And so does the testimony of Hunter Biden's former business partners, all of whom says, oh, oh, yeah, (laughs) Joe Biden, the father, was involved uh, in the business. And in fact, Hunter Biden was selling his access to his father as vice president. So they've already uncovered. Uh, a lot of evidence, and I think there's there's going to be more coming out. Yep, I think so, too. Um, and while we're at it, I would love to find out if the talking points of the White House are being directed to members of the media that use almost the same verbiage in unison over and over again, because I want to know what a lot of the media people's involvement in this is when it comes to Donald Trump. I, I do think there is some sort of... Uh, bulletin points that they are told to follow if they want access to Joe Biden, which they'll never get because he doesn't show up anyway. So I, I want to know how really deep this goes uh, in where the the press plays a part in this in order to, you know, you for the past four or five years, unless not four or five years, but for the past two years, them saying insurrection, insurrection, I feel like that was a calculated thing that they tried to use as propaganda to get out there to put us where we are today. Um, and I think they played a part in that. Oh, no, I think you are absolutely right. And um, look, when whenever folks leave Democratic administrations, where do half of them go? They all get hired by (laughs) by liberal media uh, uh, channels like MSNBC and CNN. And and they just parrot the lines of the Democratic Party. We see that all the time. Right. Well, if people wanted to read your work, Hans, where can they go? Go to heritage.org. And actually, I got a piece at, at, at Fox News today about the integrity and security of the election process next year and what we, what we can all expect. Fantastic. Uh, Senior Legal Fellow, Heritage Foundation, a book, uh, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. You can get that out now. Hans von Spakowski, thank you so much for coming on to, K- uh, well, 97.1 FM Talk. Thanks for having me, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Almost said KFTK, but because I heard that earlier, apparently you had uh, Brian Kilmeade here on KFTK earlier, and that made the national feed. This radio station made the national show, which was very cool. All right, coming up after the break, Wiggins America. I look forward to this on 97.1 FM Talk. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. To the Annie Fry Show, I'm Ryan Recker filling in. One of my favorite segments is this: Wiggins America. Wiggins, oh, Wiggins! Thank you for that kind introduction, Ryan Recker. I appreciate it. Um, what I have here for you is something that's not necessarily news of the day, but it did happen this week or at the the end of last week. Rand Paul has released his airing of grievances for Festivus. Yes, yes. Are you familiar yes, with yes, this? Yes, yes, yes. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Every year at about this time of year, I guess Festivus is supposed to be like the 23rd, I guess, of uh, of December. So he releases the report of the most egregious, stupid spending that the government has done this year. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I thought this year was was a little bit weak. Uh, you know, normally huh. it's the craziest things you, you could possibly imagine. And there are some crazy ones. I'm not going to say there aren't. But the ones that he highlighted more were like legitimate spending issues, <laughs> a little bit more than just the kooky things that he normally does. It's so funny. So when there's a new video game or something coming out, or a new, this is a better example, a new Apple product, people get hyped for the presentation of it. So there you are on your couch watching the live feed, eating your popcorn, waiting for the presentation of grievances, and you said, oh, this is a letdown this year. Yeah, I kind of. I, I got to tell you, I was a little surprised. Now, the headline still has the crazies, and I'll get to that. I'm, not, I'm just not going to start with that. What he said was, Rand Paul said, last Festivist, we, rem- we lamented over the national debt reaching an astronomical $30 trillion, if you recall. Well, in one year, he says, shockingly, in one short year, the career politicians and bureaucrats in Washington have managed to approach $34 trillion in debt without so much as a second thought. And he goes on to lament both parties approving the spending limit for the debt. Uh, which was part of the source of so much of the drama that we had with the Speaker of the House this year and all that. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's not related to Rand Paul in the Senate, but he does mention some of those things. But as far as the actual Festivus airing of grievances report goes, he highlights that $38 million in COVID payments went to dead people just (laughs) this year. I saw the picture that was posted with it, and did you see it, the envelope? On the front of the, it's basically they mail these checks out blindly. And on the front of the envelope, there's a checks box that says, if this person's dead, check this box and send it back. Yeah. Like that's the honor system, right. sending millions of dollars out on the honor system. Oh, yeah. There's, there's nobody actually checking these things. And what's amazing is most of what he highlighted, keep in mind, this is 2023 we're talking about. This isn't 2020 or 21 or 22. This is just this year. Most of what he's talking about is abuses still in COVID spending. There was a scandal that he highlighted that I had never heard of. And he he said this like, oh, yeah, everybody's heard of Barbenheimer, which I guess Barbenheimer <laughs> was. Was that the movies that came out this summer? It was Barbie and Oppenheimer. They called it Barbenheimer. Yeah, I think that's what you're talking about, right? That's that's what this is referencing. Oh, but this is called Barbenheimer. 
Okay. Because apparently there was, I'll just read it here. It says $800 billion COVID paycheck protection program. We all remember that uh, was in this report. The program, which offered loans to small business owners to keep their workforce employed during the COVID-19 pandemic, used now a sketchy AI system. So there's nobody checking this thing. A sketchy AI system to verify proof of identity, which people took tremendous advantage of. Hmm. And the reason the Barbenkrimer thing was a name at all it said, in lieu of actual employee IDs, some fraudsters uploaded headshots of Barbie dolls huh. to the A- and the AI system could not tell the difference between the head of a Barbie doll and a real person. And so they got accepted and the proof of identity got approved by the AI system and they send checks to the scammers like it was all fine. The, the, Amazing. The actual number that they say of that 800 billion that was swindled they said it's really hard to know because you do have to then go back with a person and check every single one of these things now but they found enough to know that it was a real scam that people were using i think um here's what happens if you're the government if you're smart but the government's not smart but here's what you do if someone uploaded a barbie head they're automatically guilty no need for trial and you just throw that person in jail for fraud i I say you skip the legal system altogether. They were obviously in the wrong. Throw them in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to argue with you. If you <laughs> if you uploaded anything other than a real picture of your human face, you probably were committing fraud in some way or another. Because <laughs> so, so many people uploaded real pictures of themselves and still were frauding the system, you know? How, you know, they have to have done that and said, no way this works. And then it works. And do you think some of them start sweating, thinking, oh, I'm in so much trouble. I can't believe that worked. I thought it was going to be denied. And now they're so far down the road, there's no correcting it. And then they're in real trouble. I just think it's amazing that if you're going to commit fraud, that you would decide to take a picture of a doll, which if any person were to ever see, you'd immediately go, wait a minute, (laughs) that looks fake. Instead of just picking a random image from the internet or taking a picture of somebody in a cafe or something, you know, that would be really hard to detect. So I'm sure that also has happened. But the fact that people were using Barbie dolls in the pictures just shows how flagrant they are, how they don't care, and they know they're not going to get caught. Yep. You know, here's another thing. Uh, This is what I would also like to see because of the blatant fraud that goes on. I would almost be willing to pay agents overtime for these people to get arrested like on a holiday, like Christmas. They're about to sit down with their family and someone bust in and arrest them for something that egregious. Like that's the day they decide to take them in. Yeah, right. So uh, just to kind of cap off the covid spending issues, here's one that he highlights that he says, technically, this is not a crime, but a huge portion of that money from the COVID release relief was, it was about $200 million was doled out during the pandemic to entertainment venues and performers. We mm. remember this because everybody's going, Oh no, I can't, you know, I can't do my tour, whether you're a circus or an, enter- uh, you know, yeah. a, a musician or whatever. Like well, I, I'm going to lose all this revenue because all the bars are closed and stuff like that. So they, they, they put together this program as part of this PPP money to give out to entertainers, and the program, Rand Paul said, was supposed to provide a lifeline to small entertainment businesses nationwide. <laughs> and the Lakers were one of them. I remember that. Did you see that? I see That's not a part of this report, but I do remember seeing something about that. Uh, yeah. In reality, it says the report from Rand Paul found that they doled out more than $200 million to dozens of famous music artists and their touring companies. Whoa. So-called small business owners such as Post Malone, Lil oh. Wayne, Chris oh. Brown, Smashing Pumpkins, Nickelback, <laughs> all were receiving. Nickelback. They're Canadian. <laughs> oh, that's true. Hey, <laughs> take that back <laughs> from them for even sure. get U.S. dollars. Get out of here. Nickelback received $2 million just for nothing. Just here you go. Here's free money. Uh, Post so Malone, Lil Wayne, Chris Brown all received between $2 million and $10 million a piece. Other artists that took from this money, Usher received $3.1 million, Leanne Rimes, $2 million, Melissa Etheridge, $3.9 million. More Slipknot. like Leanne Crimes. Hey, right? thank you. 
Slipknot. <laughs> is anybody? I guess Slipknot. Slipknot. Still, I mean, they're still a thing. I thought this was like early two thousands, but Slipknot nine point seven million dollars. Why did they get more? They're hurting more. That's I, why I you haven't know. heard from them. I yeah. don't know, but th- these are. And he says, while some of these claims to funds were used to keep supporting staff, there was no check and balance. So you you didn't have to prove that you were keeping your staff employed or anything. You just took the money. And uh, you were living the high life if you're Slipknot. Millions of dollars to Slipknot. Isn't that amazing? Because what you think of, is, at least I did at the time, was, oh, we want to support these coffee shop artists. That This is how they make a living. They're going from bar to bar. They're just trying to make a living doing music on the side. They can't do that anymore. So, okay, we're going to dole out, which was, is stupid anyway, but that was how it was presented. We're going to dole out you know, a couple of... $10,000 here and there to these people. But these these are That's huge great. artists. You know, and I, it's the same argument that um, a lot of people are making right now. When you have a billionaire like Taylor Swift or someone like that that's out there taking you know, public money, you have to really question why they're eligible for that. You're talking about millionaires that were eligible for millions of extra dollars. You have to really question maybe from the onset that this was a bad idea, which, oh, I don't know. A lot of us said from the very beginning. Yeah. Maybe we just don't shut the country down and expect that everything is going to be okay. Well, we'll just float them a bunch of free money. That'll be fine. There'll be no consequences for that three years later that we're still living. Uh, I want to point out a couple comments here. Brian M. says, uh, this is ridiculous. Millions to bands and artists for what? And then follows it up. This country is run by clowns. Thank you. Mm. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, a couple of the more ridiculous ones before we get to the top of the hour here, because this is what he's famous for. So, you know, all the real issues and he acknowledges too i think in maybe not in this specific article but i've heard him say before that while the fair airing of grievances gets some media attention he said ultimately the problem is that we're giving up away i think it's something like 70 percent of our budget is allocated to uh, social programs that they can't really even do anything about um, hmm. they're just locked in money that's not discretionary in any way. So, so much of this is actually just coming from the discretionary spending. Mm. There, there's one. Okay. I'll start with this one of the ridiculous ones. The Pentagon chose to spend $8,295 on a lobster tank. <laughs> yep. From a restaurant equipment company in Springfield, Virginia. So that must be a Red really lobster. nice, yeah. <laughs> either they're eating them or they're viewing them. Either way, that's a very, very nice lobster tank for almost $9,000. I hate this. You know, this is so stupid. Like, you, you hear about these tech companies. They're like, oh, we have sleep pods and slides. And, oh, now they have fresh lobster tanks. Yeah. But these are private companies. We're talking the government. This is the government. The, lux- this the is luxury money. of lobster tanks. Now, this one is the, the most egregious and ridiculous of all of them that I found on this list. The government funding for brutal experiments on primates made multiple pages of this year's Festivus report. First, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases spent nearly half a million dollars to forcibly change the gender of male monkeys. Forcibly? Well, yeah, I don't think the monkeys were choosing this, is I think what they're saying. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that they didn't, uh, they didn't come for treatment? They just were forced upon? Well, they came to get allergy shots, and then they said, um, we're going to do something else while you're here, and the monkeys were Wait. pretty upset, I think. Oh, no. So that's different than neutering. This is compl- I mean, this, we're completely loosing everything. You know, that, what, what Rand Paul said, that's right. The NIAID is using $477,000 of your tax money to fund the forced feminization of male recess monkeys in this, this is report. So great. I mean, th- <laughs> this gets approved. Why did they do it? I, I don't know. The, the reason is to no reason. study whether male monkeys pumped full of feminine hormones were more susceptible to HIV. So they were also not just changing their gender. They were pumping them full of HIV virus. Uh, okay, Rand Paul, I love Rand Paul, but if he wanted to win the year, he would have had that announced by Alex Jones. Like, he would have said, Alex, I need you to read this one for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Have Alex Jones come into Congress, just read They're a couple lines. They're the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> that Don't been the even way get me started it. on the frogs. 
the last thing that Paul wanted to say as we close out this segment here is that his biggest issue is with the $659 billion the government paid just to cover the interest on its debt. He says it doesn't take a genius to predict the dangers that come with spending money that the government just does not have. Apparently, robbing Peter to pay Paul is not a sound fiscal strategy. Oh, wow. Oh, who would have thought? Yeah, we're in trouble. And can we just like, you know, not pay our bills, kind of like how the government wants to allow anyone with a student loan? Can we just stop doing that? I mean, it sounds great. I got to give you that. Like when they say it, if you're a recipient, you go, Hey, this sounds pretty good, pretty short term, you know? Like, hey, here's a bunch of free money in 2020 for your business. We're going to shut your business down, but we're still going to pay you. You go, hey, that doesn't sound too bad. Oh, we're not yeah. going to tell you, though. You're going to have to raise prices by 25% over the next couple of years, and uh, your clientele is going to be hurting because of that. You know, we have a there's a great story I wanted to bring up with you in the next hour. And I know you like robot stories because, you know, you being an author writing about robots and such. Love it. It's called transhumanism have you heard this term i have oh you have have. whoa okay there's a new opinion piece on transhumanism and how we need to embrace it in order to survive as a society and i wanted to run this idea by you coming up in the next hour also a lawsuit that's going on here in the michigan area in detroit there's a college in a 400 pound dude that wants to be a gym teacher but doesn't want to actually be in the gym he wants to do it remotely the college said no We'll get your take on that lawsuit with Brad Young coming up, too, on 97.1 FM Talk. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.